It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here on a beautiful Wednesday in the state of Iowa. Midway through August and uh, feels like football. Maybe it doesn't quite feel like football, but we're certainly gearing up towards football. And it's an exciting time to be a Hawkeye fan as uh, obviously... A lot going on on the football field over the last week or so. Media day, a kids day scrimmage. We'll have a lot of that stuff uh, covered here as I've got some audio from Kirk Ferentz post game, post scrimmage, I should say, as well as the the quarterbacks, the three quarterbacks who are vying for the number one spot. Although, spoiler alert, there is a number one quarterback and he's the same guy that was the number one quarterback last fall. We will get to all that uh, to be sure. And uh, obviously, huge games for Iowa coming up to start the season. I mean, how odd is it to start the season against a ranked team, let alone a ranked Big Ten team, a Big Ten game to start things off? It'll be interesting. I mean, we had that last year, but it was because of the world that ended uh, and everything was upside down, and and the only games we got to play were Big Ten conference games. To have this in a 12-game season and uh, a quote-unquote normal season, and I'm sure we'll get to there uh, before too long, how normal this season will actually be. Um it's going to be different. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun, uh, but it's certainly a lot to uh, – it's it's going to be a change of pace to kind of gear up for a football season and a week one game that you're not guaranteed to win, that maybe some of you don't expect to win. Maybe the country doesn't expect you to win. Uh, and and then an Iowa State team right, right behind them, and you're staring at a, a possible 0-2 start. A one and one would be good. A two and zero would be fantastic, and you're probably looking at a top ten Iowa team in week three, something like that. We'll get to all that, not just uh, today on this podcast, but as we move forward and as we kind of ramp up our our football season podcast schedule, we are going to do a lot more as we get into football season. I appreciate you kind of bearing with me through this summer as I've taken a bit of a break here and there to you know do family vacations and let news build up before uh, before I, I come on here and, and talk about it. Uh, and we're going to have some some new wrinkles to the podcast page or to the podcast feed here coming up. I will uh, I'll start welcoming John Bonencamp and Rick Brown onto the podcast periodically to kind of come on and talk about what they've been doing with Hawkeye Nation, how they're seeing the games, uh, the things that they're reporting, the stories that they're telling. And if, if you haven't been 
paying attention to HawkeyeNation.com, uh, first of all, do that. And we've got an announcement that we've already made, but I'll, I'll hit on here in just a minute. Uh, as far as that website, and don't worry, nothing's nothing's changing. It's going to be free. It's going to be great. Uh, it's it's where you have always found it and where you will always find it. But uh, good things, big things happening at HawkeyeNation.com. But if you haven't gone and checked out, you know, Rob Howe's fantastic coverage of the football fall camp, the scrimmage, the media day, all of this stuff, recruiting. Uh, Rob has it really covered from every angle. John Bonacamp, who is a veteran reporter, has been doing this for a long time and adds such a great dynamic to Hawkeye Nation. Uh, he's got a lot up there. And then Rick Brown and the the kind of you know macro look he's able to take at, at this athletic department, uh, having covered it for so long, having been around it for so long, and the storyteller that he is, is just an addition to Hawkeye Nation that um, I'll admit I even probably underestimated when we first brought Rick in. And what he has done over this past month or so with the Iowa against the AP ranked teams uh, has just been fantastic. And and for any younger Hawkeye fan especially, I think you're going to learn a lot through reading these pieces, you're going to learn a lot of Hawkeye history and and get a view of your team that maybe you've never had before, of this program that you haven't had before. Certainly games that you don't remember or haven't seen or haven't heard about are covered in this uh, series that Rick has. And if you're an older fan or, or you know somebody who has been steeped in Hawkeye history and, and did grow up learning about these things and talking about these things and you know watching replays of these games or you found them on YouTube or whatever, you've read these stories, you're still going to get that great kind of rest reminiscence from Rick and and everything he has done. So we appreciate you continuing to support Hawkeye Nation and uh, and we'll we'll get to that right now because we have teamed up with Sports Illustrated. Now, again, before I get into this at all, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this, uh, Rick, or Rob Howe, rather, has a, a short article on the site about this. Uh, and if you've gone to the site, you've probably been redirected already. And you know that you can just type in HawkeyeNation.com and you're going to get the same front page, the same headlines, uh, the same, again, podcast feeds and stories and videos and things that you've come to know and love, the same forums, uh, the, the message boards. It's all there. It's all free. We've just beefed it up a bit with a partnership with Sports Illustrated and uh, under the Fan Nation banner at Sports Illustrated. So this is a you know a group of now I think thirty plus colleges have focused websites about a specific program or a specific athletic department. And so ours, Hawkeye Nation, is now under the Fan Nation banner of of Sports Illustrated. Talking Hawkeye sports. Again, nothing changes. Um, you can still get everything you've been looking for for free, and we don't expect that to change anytime soon. So uh, it's it's more of a, a move to solidify our position, uh, to strengthen and bolster our kind of roster and lineup with some other Fan Nation sites. I mean, with 30-plus focused websites, uh, that's a lot of people, a lot of analysis, a lot of uh, content that we can now get access to. And so that's going to be really cool and really exciting. Again, this podcast isn't going to change. You're going to find it on the same feeds that you find it. It's still going to be posted at HawkeyeNation.com, and that is still where you go. If you don't follow us on social media, I highly suggest that you do so. We don't spam your account. We don't do a lot of that. Uh, We don't do a lot of uh, non-game-related content on our Twitter and Facebook pages. A lot of it is posting the articles when they're posted, uh, posting these podcasts when they do get published. Uh, And then during the games, 
I take over that account and I have some fun with it. Uh, I, I try to have fun with it. I try to give you, you know, some insight, some analysis, uh, just some, you know, jokes and and fun things during these games. I did it a lot during basketball season last year and uh, and during football last fall, and we'll continue to do that. So we appreciate you following along with us there. I do want to mention quickly on Facebook because we've had some people reach out reach out to us about this, uh, and it's it's been an issue that we've dealt with. If you're on a Hawkeye Nation Facebook page that is political in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, uh, and I'm not talking about you know me mentioning COVID on this podcast or you know mask mandates or you know the the uh, the racial allegations stuff from last summer. That's not what I'm talking about. We're we're not posting things on Hawkeye Nation's Facebook page. We're not posting political opinions. Uh, we're posting articles. Now, if there are political opinions within a, an opinion piece or within a podcast, that's a different thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I, and I don't want to like – I'm I'm trying to speak very carefully here because I don't want to alienate half of the listenership who agree or disagree with the political opinions of a certain Hawkeye Nation dupe site on Facebook. But this site has 20,000 followers, and it is very political and very divisive and very outlandish and very um, outspoken. That is not us. That is not me. That is not Rob Howe. That is not HawkeyeNation.com. That is not our website. It is not anybody affiliated with our website. That's some fan, some guy, some woman, some person, some group of people who have decided that the best way to get traction on Facebook is to put that they are Hawkeye Nation. Uh, It says somewhere on there there's some sort of disclaimer that they're not affiliated with us, but obviously they have 20,000 followers on Facebook because a lot of those people think that they are us and they are not. And so if it's not Hawkeye Nation, if it's not affiliated with us, I mean, you can do this by just going to facebook.com slash Hawkeye Nation and that'll take you to our page. You can follow us there. And again, we're not spamming you with a lot of stuff there. It's it's the, the articles that are written as they're published. It's these podcasts and every once in a while, some opinions, less so on Facebook, more so on Twitter during the games. Uh, during press conferences, things like that. So uh, appreciate your support as always, and please follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, and uh, we'll keep it going for you. A few things I want to hit on before we get to the football stuff, and again, I'm going to bring some audio in from Kirk Ferentz Saturday afternoon after the kids' day scrimmage. It was the the one and only time that the media is going to get in to see the Hawkeye football uh, fall camp, uh, certainly with a scrimmage. They may get in here and there for practice, but I don't think even that's going to happen a whole lot. Uh, so it's kind of the one time that we have to look at this team one more time before two weeks from now when when it's game week. And, and again, that, that Indiana game is looming. But before we get to that, uh, a lot else has happened uh, as far as basketball. And not a lot with Hawkeye basketball, but maybe former Hawkeye basketball. And if you haven't seen some of this, you're – your head is in the sand. Uh, I'm not sure how you've missed some of the Luca Garza, Joe Wieskamp, NBA Summer League stuff. Obviously, Garza drafted 52nd to the Detroit Pistons, and uh, and Wieskamp went a little ahead of that, 40th or so. Um, I should know that off the top of my head, and I don't. But to the 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 San Antonio Spurs, both had good summer league uh, runs. Both played well. I think both asserted themselves and both have played themselves into reported two-way contracts. And a two-way contract in the NBA 
means you're essentially a G League player. You will spend most of your season in the G League with that franchise's G League affiliate. And so, you know, for us here in Des Moines, that's cool because hopefully we'll get to see Garza and Wieskamp come through here and play the Iowa Wolves, who are a part of the G League. Uh, but you will also have designated days and games and a certain number of times you can go up to the NBA with the parent club and get some time there, get some minutes there. This is a, a guaranteed contract. This is um, a way that NBA teams can keep guys on their roster when they've already got a full roster. And and this is the issue with Luka Garza. Because while Joe Wieskamp had a nice summer league and I think certainly showed some things, I don't think he did anything that uh, that we didn't expect him to do, to do or that you know much of the NBA world didn't expect him to do. You knew he was going to be a good shooter. You knew he was going to play hard. Uh, he, he rebounded well. And again, he played himself into a two-way contract, and that's how a lot of these guys ultimately make their way into the NBA after a season or two uh, with you know, spending a lot of time in the G League. What Luka Garza did, though, may not have come as a surprise to many of us in Hawkeye Nation, maybe not have come as a surprise to many of us here in the state of Iowa, or those in the Big Ten who had to watch this guy play, uh, especially over the last two years when he was utterly dominant. But it turns out Luka Garza can play basketball. And uh, when you put him on a floor with just about anybody, he can play basketball. Now, this is the summer league. He wasn't playing Kevin Durant and Luka Doncic and LeBron James, right? But he was playing with professional basketball players, his peers, the, the type of player that he is competing with for an NBA roster spot. And he dominated several times. Uh, he had 20 and 15 in his final summer league game earlier this week. He looked really good. He looks better with that weight off. He can shoot, and that turns people's heads because of his size. And the bottom line is, as we all know, he outworks absolutely everybody. Uh, he had a quote after one of his games that, you know, he's not faster than most of these guys. He's not a better athlete than most of these guys. But are all of those guys going to run as hard as they can three quarters down the court every time? And the answer is no, they're not. And part of that is because a lot of these guys have always been the best athlete on the floor. They've always been the best player on the team. They've never had to work harder than everybody else. Luka Garza had to work harder than everybody else. That's how he got to where he is. That's that's how he became who he became in a Hawkeye uniform. And if he's able to continue that, and I think he is, he's, he's shown no sign of slowing down up until now. Uh, if he's able to continue that work ethic uh, and outwork everybody, he's going to find a place. I saw Jeff Horner tweet that it's ridiculous that he didn't get a, a true roster spot, that he got signed to this two-way contract. And while I think that's probably true, and Horner said, you know, if the Pistons were to cut him today, he would be on a roster of another NBA team tomorrow. Not a two-way, but on a roster. The Pistons have 15 guaranteed contracts. They have 15 NBA players. So if they want to move Luka Garza in, they're going to have to cut or release or waive or trade one of those players. I think that could ultimately happen, and may, maybe it'll happen sometime this year. I can see a scenario in which Luka Garza dominates the G League to an extent that he cannot be ignored. Why do I say that? Because that's what he did in the Big Ten for two years, and the Big Ten is no slouch. So Luka Garza has done great things for himself, uh, and and it's it's just been really cool to watch. That's been really fun. And again, reportedly has played his way into a, a two-way contract, as has Joe Wieskamp. And uh, best of luck to those guys. I'm sure we'll be following their G League teams, their careers uh, as we move forward. But uh, hard to imagine Luka Garza is not going to 
get his chance at least to prove himself at the NBA level. And really, that's all you can ask for. One more basketball note before we get into the football stuff. Caitlin Clark has returned from uh, from her FIBA U19 Team USA gold medal winning uh, trip. It's her third gold medal. It's her third gold medal. She just finished her freshman year at Iowa. She's won three gold medals for Team USA. She was the MVP of that tournament. I mean, what she is and is doing is remarkable, and she's so young. She's going to change the face of this basketball program, which has already had its face changed quite a bit by a now legendary coach in Lisa Bluter. Iowa is on a different level in women's basketball than it was just a few years ago, and I think it can get to another level while Caitlin Clark is here. And if Iowa can make itself into a Final Four contending program, watch out. Because in women's basketball right now, and certainly the parity is is growing, uh, more and more programs are, are getting better, more and more uh, young girls are getting into basketball, playing high-level high school basketball and getting recruited to schools. And this is how parity happens, right? It's it's UConn and Baylor and schools like that, Tennessee, uh, well, Notre Dame. Those schools will get who they're going to get. What happens when there's more good athletes than can fit at those schools? Well, those athletes start trickling down to other programs. Uh, it doesn't help to have a you know one of the best players in the country homegrown here in the state of Iowa in Caitlin Clark. You get a player like that, you get a couple recruiting classes that kind of change the game, you make a Final Four, and all of a sudden you're a destination for girls basketball players across the country. And this can change things quickly, and I think it's going to for Caitlin Clark. She also announced today, Wednesday, her first name, image, likeness opportunity. And we've talked a lot about this on KXNO here in Des Moines, and I know I've mentioned it here on the podcast. Caitlin Clark, this is a unique thought. She has an, an opportunity to maybe be the top earner uh, on the Iowa campus as far as name, image, likeness. Uh, she is so good. She's nationally known. She is likable. She is a, a you know a stand-up person, a good speaker. She and then you know she's in a unique position with the women's basketball world, where things feel like they're on an upward trajectory. And if all the Iowa basketball team, if every member of a, a Hawkeye basketball team gave a shooting clinic, you know, here in in Des Moines next year, and I wanted my son to learn how to shoot a basketball, he'd be going to the Caitlin Clark Clinic. When she starts doing things like that, if she ultimately does, uh, she's going to make an absolute killing. She has released her first shirt, a back-in-gold shirt with a little ACDC flair to it. It's uh, She partnered with a, a women-owned business here in, in central Iowa in Valley Junction here in West Des Moines to create these shirts. They are her first shirts. I think they're already selling well, uh, and they're cool-looking. And I, I, I just think the sky is the limit for Caitlin Clark. Big ups to her. I can't wait to see the rest of her career here as a Hawkeye and beyond. I think she has a legitimate chance to make the real Olympic team in three years. Remember, three years is when the Olympics are again. When she finishes her career at Iowa, could she be stepping into a Team USA Olympic opportunity and win a real gold medal, an Olympic gold medal? And if she does, even if she doesn't, I mean, she has the potential to be a a three- or four-time Olympian a WNBA all-star for a decade. Uh, Who knows what kind of accolades she could ultimately rack up 
this is the type of athlete that we don't see very often here in the state of Iowa or at the University of Iowa. We have a lot of good athletes. We had a hell of a season this past year, a hell of a year. A bunch of Big Ten Athletes of the Year, a bunch of Big Ten Championships, uh, a bunch of really, really cool things. Caitlin Clark is on another level. I mean, her and Spencer Lee are head and shoulders above anyone else on that campus, I think, within their own sports. And don't get me wrong. Again, there's other great players, and Keegan Murray has a chance to, you know, become Iowa's first first round draft pick in two decades after his sophomore season. That's remarkable. Tyler Goodson has a chance to be a two time All Big Ten running back and play his way into into things like Heisman, Doak Walker, Maxwell Award uh, discussions. There's a lot of really good athletes. I'm not sure any of them are better than Caitlin Clark. All right, no more further ado. Let's get to football. Let's talk football. Uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes ranked 18th in both the first AP and first coaches poll of the season. I think that's good. I think that's where you want to be for Iowa. Um, you know, a top 20 team. We'll see if they can live up to that billing, but it's not too high, not too low. You want to be in those rankings right away so you can, you know, if you have a good season, if you win a couple of games, uh, let's be honest, where, where you start does matter. And if you start in the top 20, uh, you're more likely to to end up higher ranked than you are if you start outside the top 20. And certainly, as I mentioned earlier, I was going to have its opportunities to move up those rankings and opportunity to fall out of those rankings uh, in the first couple of weeks. But 18th, I think, is good. I also think it's interesting. You know, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this Indiana game just yet because not not just because I don't know enough about Indiana and I honestly don't know enough about the Iowa Hawkeyes. I don't think anybody truly does or will until we see them on the field. But you wonder about Iowa's kind of propensity to have a slow start. It it, it has helped Iowa to play UNI or MAC teams in that first game. Honestly, it's helped to play Iowa State a lot of times in that second game, even though we've lost more than our share of those uh, over the last 20-some years. Um, it... Iowa seems to hit its stride later in the season, and it's a stride that's going to need to be hit September 4th. I'm not sure the Hawkeyes can do that. We saw this a year ago, a team that was ultimately very good. Won six straight to end the season, would have likely won eight straight to end the season. Uh, Not a thing that happens very often in Big Ten play for the Hawkeyes. They stumbled out of the gate twice. Um lost to Northwest, lost to Purdue, not lost to Northwestern. Should not have lost maybe either of those games. Certainly shouldn't have lost that first one. So it worries me a little that Iowa has important games right away before they can really get their feet under them. It does. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see where. But I, I do think it's good. That's where I was going. I lost my train of thought there for a second. I do think it's good that Iowa flies a little bit under the radar here. Um, and when I say here, I mean because they're 18th, and I also mean here in the state of Iowa. It's kind of nice to have what I feel is going to be a good football team, a preseason top 20 ranked football team, a team with a lot of expectations, and an over-under in Vegas at 8.5 regular season wins. A 9-win regular season is a good, good season. We know that. We've talked about it. It's nice to have all those expectations, all that hype, all that pressure, and not be the biggest story in the state. 
not be the team that everybody's looking at, not be the one that everybody's talking about, not be the flag bearer necessarily for this state. Now, I will always be the flag bearer for this state to some extent. It's always going to be a Hawkeye state. I think Iowa's brand in football will always surpass Iowa State's brand because we've got a 50-year head start. But to have Iowa State taking up some of that air, to have the pressure on the Cyclones, uh, especially in that Week 2 game where let's not get it twisted. I mean, Iowa State has their sights set on bigger things than Big 12 glory, and Iowa can ruin that to some extent in the second week of the season. That'd be fun. It'd be fun for Hawkeye fans. It'd be fun for the Hawkeyes themselves. The pressure's going to be on Iowa State in that game. Iowa's going to Jack Trice with a five-game winning streak, a coach that has never lost to Matt Campbell, and maybe coming off a big win. I think Iowa's positioned very well for that Cyhawk game. Honestly, win or lose against Indiana. I mean, short of looking terrible against Indiana, um, I could even see a scenario where you lose that game in a close game, but you learn some things and you figure some things out. And uh, what the old coach's cliche is, you know, no team learns that you know, no team you don't you don't ever grow more as a team than you do between week one and week two because you're actually playing game speed. You're not playing against each other. You you have film. Uh, for a real game. I question whether that's true when you play a an FCS team in week one. Now, Iowa State's going to get everything it can from you and I. I believe that. But I, I believe Iowa might be close at halftime. I don't think it'll be a close game. So is Iowa State going to learn a lot between week one and week two? I'm just, they'll, they'll learn some. Matt Campbell is a very good coach. But what's Iowa going to learn? What's What film is Iowa going to have? A lot. A big opportunity, and if you come out that out of that with a win, and you've just won a huge top twenty game in week one at home, your first uh, a lot of those guys first foray into a packed stadium, into a full house. You know, Iowa could be coming out of that out of that week one with a head of steam, and Iowa State could be just sitting there for the taking. I like Iowa's chances in both of those games. I'm I'm not going to WNL the schedule just yet, but I think I think there's a better chance Iowa's two and zero than there is that Iowa's zero and two, and we'll find out. By all accounts, Iowa looked good on Saturday at the Kids Day scrimmage, and and the offense more than the defense. We'll get to this when we play this Ferentz audio here in a little bit, but you know, typically in these in this time of year. You know, midway through fall camp, the defense is ahead of the offense. And that wasn't the case on Saturday. The offense looks better than the defense. Does that call into question or some worries about the defense? It sure certainly could. Ference makes a little joke about that in the audio we'll play here in a little bit. Uh, it certainly could, but I, I'm not worried about this defense for the most part. Sure, there's some positions that you worry about a little bit. Where's the pass rush going to come from? Are you going to be able to disrupt in the backfield and opposing offense? But the back half of this defense is is stout, is fantastic. I mean, the, the secondary, Jack Campbell and the linebackers, there's a lot of talent, a lot of experience, a lot of depth 
on this defense. I feel good about this defense. I feel better about this offense after hearing what I heard, seeing what I saw, reading what I've read about Saturday. Again, it's a scrimmage. It's a it's an inner squad practice. It's not a game, and it's certainly not a game against a ranked team. But to hear that the running backs looked as good as they did, and not just Tyler Goodson, but the other running backs as well. And by the way, I think I mean again, not a unique take here. Tyler Goodson's poised for an incredible year, like a national breakout year. Uh, I think he had that to some extent, certainly within the Big Ten a year ago. But I mean, he's going to be. I think he has a chance. To, I mean, based on you know the the workouts you've seen him do, just kind of the way he carries himself. One of my favorite things they've they've done, and the social media team has done fantastic over at Iowa. If you don't follow them on on Twitter or Facebook, you certainly should. It's it's fun, but they've they set up a camera or like a screen in a hallway every once in a while, and it has just, just a question. And as the guys walk by in and out of practice, they answer the question. And one of them this week was, you know, who's the funniest guy on the team? And a lot of people had a lot of different answers. And as Tyler Goodson walks by, he says, too many damn comedians on this team. You know, it's like he's got this mindset like this isn't this isn't fun. Winning is fun. Dominating is fun. Scoring touchdowns is fun. Running guys over is fun. Uh, this isn't the time to have fun. We, we do a little too much joking around here. It's time to get serious and get down to business. I like his mindset. I love his game. And he is poised for a big, big, big season. He had a big season last year. First team all Big Ten. He is poised for a a monster season this year. I truly believe that. So to hear that he and the other running backs looked very good, to hear about the freshman receivers, Arlen Bruce, Keegan Johnson, and now that Brody Brecht has joined that squad after his you know incredible summer playing baseball for Ankeny, um, to hear that the the skill level at our skill positions just continues to increase. We know what we have with a lot of the tight ends and, and other positions, the offensive line for the most part. Tyler Linderbaum, first-team All-American by everybody. I mean, the best center in, in football already. Some issues on the offensive line. Kyler Schott's injury. We don't know how long that's going to keep him out. You love the the hay baling injury <laughs> only in Iowa. Uh, would it, an offensive lineman miss games because of a hay baling accident? That's not true, but you know what I mean. Uh, so, you know, th- there are some things there. But I think the biggest takeaway is that Spencer Petras has notched himself up a level in this quarterback competition. A lot of the talk in spring was how good Alex Padilla looked. And a lot of talk last fall was how bad Spencer Petras looked. We've learned a little bit more about Spencer Petras's, um shaky offseason last year. I mean, obviously... There wasn't spring football. There wasn't the normal fall. How the season was canceled for for a time, and then it came back. But also, we learned that he had like thirty days of quarantine, even though he didn't have COVID. He had like thirty days of quarantine last summer that kept him out of workouts and activities and meetings and things. He had a really strange off season last year, and by all accounts, has had a very normal off season this year. A full spring worked with an outside coach all summer, and now a full fall camp. And I'm glad that he has positioned himself to be the go-to guy. I hope Padilla and Deuce Hogan 
challenge him, push him, continue to improve. They're the future, or one of them is. Uh, but Spencer Petras is two years left of eligibility. Um, you want him to have taken this role. I have this growing theory about Spencer Petras, and I think it's probably my optimism more than it is based on any fact or anything. But I wonder if he isn't just a gamer. And now some of you may chuckle at that. You're probably rolling your eyes because, hey, there were games last year. There were eight of them. And he didn't look great in a lot of those. He looked better at the end of the year. He looked better in second halves. He had some really bad throws, some really bad moments, some bad decision-making, some shaky feet, some nerves. There's no doubt. When I say maybe he's a gamer, I mean maybe maybe it doesn't kick in in a weird atmosphere with a handful of people in the stands. Maybe he's a guy who likes the bright lights. Maybe he's a guy who wants 70,000 people in the crowd. Maybe he's a guy who wants 70,000 people in the opposing crowd. You know, C.J. Beathard, I wonder, I wonder what he would have looked like with nobody in the stands. I'm sure he would have been good. Maybe he would have been the same. Maybe he would have been just as good. I would contend that he wouldn't have been just as good. I would contend that he thrived on some of that, that atmosphere, that gamer mentality. I would contend that he he enjoyed playing at Iowa State, maybe more than he enjoyed playing in Kinnick. He enjoyed going to Wisconsin and Penn State. He liked those moments, those those spots. He liked the spotlight. He wanted people booing him. He wanted loud noise. Maybe Spencer Petras is like that too. We're going to find out. I believe that. Because one, one thing I do believe is Kirk Ferentz has decided that Spencer Petras is the starting quarterback, and it's going to take something just short of a miracle for anybody else to usurp him at this point, especially for game one. And I don't know what it would take in game one, two, three, four for a change to be made, but I have a hard time seeing that. So get on board the Spencer Petras train because he's going to be the starter on September 4th against Indiana. And if that's the case, there's like a 95% chance that he's the starter against Nebraska on Black Friday. Right? I mean, and, and every game in between. So I was glad to see that he looked good. I was glad to hear that he felt confident. I was glad to hear Kirk say that's the best he's looked. Again, it wasn't a packed Kinnick Stadium on Saturday, but there were people there. It was important. He needed to show something, and he did. The pressure was on him, and he stepped up. Helps to have playmakers making plays, no doubt. But I was really, really glad to see that. As we get into the football season, I'm going to start doing my opposition research podcast. I'm going to try to do that each and every week where I talk to somebody who covers the opposing team leading up to the game. Obviously, that'll be Indiana in week one. That's always the hardest one, week one, because we're all kind of guessing. Uh, We can go off of what happened last year. We can discuss thoughts and feelings and hopes and dreams. But until you have a couple of games under the belt, until you have some some film to watch, some actual stats to go off of, it's it's really kind of hard to judge what's going to happen. Nevertheless, I'm going to talk to somebody who covers the Indiana Hoosiers leading into week one. I believe Joe uh, Schmelka and I will begin our Hawkeye Nation radio show here in Des Moines on KXNO Radio. We will podcast that each and every week. I will begin to do my instant reaction podcasts after the games. Those will come out 
probably half an hour after after the, the final whistle of each game. And again, follow us on Twitter at Hawkeye Nation uh, to kind of stay involved and, and have some fun during those games. I'm also going to try to do more regular of like a weekly kind of Monday recap podcast. Rob Howe and I did that last year and um, and John Miller and I did that for some of the, the season last year. So I'm going to try to do something like that uh, as we as we get into football season. You will see more Hawkeye Nation podcasts in your feed as we move into football season. Uh, that much I can promise you. All right, let's get to Kirk Ferentz. This is uh, him after the kids' day scrimmage, and like I've done uh, pretty much all summer with any of these pod or with any of these uh, these press conferences that I cover on a podcast, I'm just going to kind of play the audio. I haven't listened to all of this. I will jump in uh, if and when I see fit, where I think I can add something, put some context on something, or just give my opinion. I will do that. Uh, this Ferentz uh, press conference is maybe 15 minutes or so. This is just after the kids' day scrimmage on Saturday. Um, you know, good way to end the week so the guys get a break tomorrow and then we'll get back to work on Monday. But, you know, saw some positives out there and put a lot of good teaching uh, examples on film here once we uh, get going on that tomorrow. Normally the offense is, way, or is, is behind the defenses. We've come to these, it's been a defensive dominate. Maybe the offense looks pretty good. Yeah, usually we can't make a yard and uh, it's been that way most of the preseason thus far. So, uh, yeah, some holes opened up. That was good to see, and the guys ran the ball hard and ran it well, and then uh, hit some passes too. So yeah, that stuff's all encouraging. But you know, it's kind of back and forth and up and down. To your point, yeah, the defense usually has. You know, they win more than lose in, in the preseason. That's for sure. Face of Richmond was playing left tackle. I assume you kind of rotate him through. Yep. But how is he holding up? Because he stayed there pretty much the entire practice. Yeah, we, we did a little bit with them there um, in the spring, but not not a lot. And uh, really, right now, like I said yesterday, I want to want to try to predict who's going to be playing, you know, three weeks from now. Uh, maybe all four of the guys, but we're keeping an open mind. Uh, we'll let guys work left and right. Although Mason's pretty much stayed on the left side and played left guard. Um, you know, Jack and flat flip back and forth, and we've done a little bit with the young, trying to keep Connor in one spot right now. But we're just going to let these guys keep practicing and see what what uh, what happens. But it's wide open right now. How good is it to have a proven backup like Ivan? Yeah, I mean, that's a luxury because, um, you know, we, we look at him as a starter and much like we did with Makai last year, you know, he's he's a starter for us. So uh, he's back healthy. You know, it was a uh, long journey back for him. And even in the summertime, he had some soreness every now and then. It's to be expected when you're trying to come back and you're pushing hard. But uh, he looks to be fully healthy right now. And, yeah, having, having he and Tyler out there, it gives you two guys that are really experienced and they're, they're uh, both tremendous guys, tremendous players and you know, so that's that's one position. I won't say we're not worried about it, but at least you know, I think we have a pretty good uh, pool of guys right there. Okay, so that that's a guy I had mentioned that I should have uh, Ivory Kelly Martin. That was a big talk out of the 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 kids' day practice as well, and just how good he has looked. And I mean, we've been fans of his for a long time. It's always felt like he's been just shy of like a big breakout year or, or season. Um, injuries have have been a part of that as well as has you know just the the up and coming nature of Tyler Goodson. I uh, hope you enjoyed the, the Cupid shuffle there behind Coach Ferentz. I wonder what's next on the playlist. But, yeah, I mean, you, you you don't want to tempt fate, as Kirk almost did there. He kind of stopped himself. You don't want to say you're not worried about the running back position because as soon as you say that, uh, angry Iowa running back hating God, is that what it was? Um, <laughs> that's 
that's when we know we can get into trouble. That that position can get go from deep to shallow very, very quickly. Um, but you got to feel good about Goodson and, and Ivory Kelly Martin as the one-two punch. And then uh, a couple other guys showed their stuff on Saturday and turned some heads as well. And Iowa just, uh, just notched a, a four-star recruit out of Florida um, for the 2022 class at running back. A, a big gift for Liddell Betts there as he steps into his role as the running backs coach. Let's go back to Coach Ferentz. Spencer seemed to be in total command today, had a really good practice. Yeah. Is that representative of what you've seen through camp so far? And yeah, I, I, big separation one and two in our mind. Yeah, I would say uh, what I said a minute ago, and, and Spencer's part of this equation, we, we've been really up and down sporadic offensively during the preseason, but that, that is so typical and common. And, uh, I mean, it's usually we can't run for a yard against our defense. So uh, that's encouraging, but then, okay, maybe we need to work on our defense a little bit more. So, yeah, but it was a good day for him. It's the best he's looked. He looked a little bit more confident in command. And, and some guys want to make plays, too, and that, that's a friend of a good offense. You know, guys have to make plays. they got to help out. And, um, got off to a slow start protectionally, but I think, you know, th- that's good, too, because uh, guys need to learn the tempo. You know, what the tempo is going to be, and we're we're young at tackle, no matter who's in there, from experience. So they they got to learn the tempo of this, and it is a little different. This isn't game day yet, but we're in the stadium going live, so the, the tempo's a little bit better. Merriweather looks like he got dang. He's yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Sounds okay. sounds pretty pretty good. So yeah, not too bad. Be how'd sore. You, how'd you assess your defensive line today? We're we're young. You know, I think uh, we're young right now, and Noah's not out there. Hopefully, we'll get him back this week. Um, so you know when we have when we have Zach, Noah, uh, John, and Joe, that gives you four guys that are a little bit more veteran, and um, yeah, I think we're going to be pretty, you know, pretty pretty doable that way. Uh, but we, we have to really work on our depth, and, and we've seen improvement with those guys over this past past eight nine days. But uh, that, that's like our offensive line, you know, because uh, you take Cowher out of the offensive line equation, right? And it, it leaves you leaves you uh, tower in the middle. And, and Cody's played, so it's not like he's just new to it. But uh, we, we still have a lot of growth ahead of us. And the good news is there's potential to grow, but we got we got to make that happen here in the next next uh, couple of weeks. Terry Roberts made a couple of big plays today. Yeah. What do you have to say about his performance and um, how he's developed as a player so far? He, he has really ascended on special teams. He's, he's really played well uh, the last two years on special teams. And last year especially, his, his ability to play defense caught up. To, to what he was doing on special teams. And we've seen that like throughout the last 20-plus years. We've seen a lot of those cases. So in my mind, he's like following that path. He's just, he's, everything he's doing, and I'm going back to last year, everything he's been doing is just at a much higher level than it was like two years ago, just at a much. Then he started coming on special teams. We still had some loose ends, and he's, he's really figuring out how to, how to play. He competes hard. And he, he can run. I mean, he's, he's a competitive. He's got good skills. He's not 6'3", but he's... He's a good football player, so it's a little bit like the running back situation. You know, we have, uh, I think, you know, two two corners that have played pretty well, but we feel like Terry could jump in there and play really on par with those guys, and that that's a good thing. How do you so, assess your secondary today? There were quite a few breakthrough runs and some yeah. deep passes, so it was kind of your grade. Yeah, especially the young group. It was interesting. I think some of them didn't get the memo that we were playing live football. Like, you know, <laughs> it looked like they just – I'm not sure what they were thinking, quite frankly. Uh, they'll go live during the week when we're not going live. But, like, you know, we're going live today, so that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, we, we have some areas to, to grow and to piece some things together. So that's this will be good good tape for us. 
looks like uh, Justin Jacobs, his potential is kind of growing into a production. He, he's yeah. going to be able to, to track down people side to side. I mean, is he showing that on a consistent basis now? Yeah, I really felt out, out of last spring, kind of like we just talked about Terry Roberts. Uh, last spring, you, you could see him improving daily. He was a different player at the start of spring from, from a year ago, and then uh, really thought he had a good spring, and he's playing with confidence now. He's, he's hit, always had pretty good ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more mature now physically, and that's, that's a good thing. Uh, but his, his confidence levels allowing him to use what he's got. He's got really good tools. But that, that's because he's worked hard and he's, he's starting to get the feel of things and feel of the game. So, yeah, I, I, when we finished spring practice, I felt like we had three guys that pretty, pretty much could start at any position out there for us, and, and we'd play well with those guys in the, in the game. So, um, yeah, we've kind of like I look at Ivory as a starter. I look at uh, Justin the same way, and technically he is, but even if – if we're two linebackers in the game, mm. we could rotate those three guys and keep them fresh, and that, that's a really healthy situation. Why a couple more guys. Why he looks like Tristan worse uh, yeah, physically. Yeah. Um, he hasn't played a lot, or he's been in and out. How has he kind of come along, and what's his kind of trajectory right now? B- biggest challenge is staying out there on the field, the practice field, because he's had just some, some weird stuff happen, uh, all legitimate stuff, but it's been weird. And uh, yeah, I mean, one was one was he slipped in a shower and strained and had a soft tissue issue. It's like you know, seriously, he just got healthy off something else. So he's had his share of bad luck. So hopefully, you know, we can keep him on the field. He's got he's got all kinds of potential. He's got a great attitude, and um, his biggest challenge, in my opinion, is pad level. But that that's so true of all young players. It's true of everybody. Like when you get started, everybody's too high. And we'll be complaining about that in November too. But it's. That, that's a, the battle he's fighting because it's just that's learning how to play as much as you know, he's got some real uh, talent and skill but if you stand up you can't play well in the middle of that melee out there you know he's just got to learn to got to learn how to play with it, which takes takes practice time it was a few situations outside of rushing and receiving where the running backs picked up blitzes that yeah. for some big plays how would you assess their development and pass protection so it's funny norm norm granger is um, uh, refereeing today mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he's done that at least one of our scrimmages like for the last 20 some years and he made that comment, the same very same observation. He's this is the best I've seen our blocks blocking in a uh, scrimmage situation. So that's encouraging because that's usually what comes last. So there were a couple where we needed to tighten it down a little bit more. But that's if you're going to be out in the field, you, you, if you're a back, you need to be able to protect and you got to protect the football. And that was Leishon's worst play today. You know, for all the good things he did to let the ball come out, and you know, you better be rushing for 300 if you're going to put the ball on the ground. It's just you can't. It's tough to balance that out. So. Uh, that's just you, but he'll, he'll get that down. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was encouraging with the blocking, but, you know, we still got to keep working on that. Yeah, there's Coach Ferentz after the uh, the kids' day practice. I, yeah, I got to say, I I just enjoy, really enjoy listening to Kirk Ferentz talk football, uh, especially this time of year where he can really – I mean, you can, you can tell the guys he has focused on, the guys who have really impressed him, the guys who maybe haven't impressed him as much, the position groups uh, that fall into that. And, you know, when he talks about a guy who, you know, hey, over the last couple of years, he's, you know, he's made his mark on special teams. He's gotten a lot faster. I mean, you watch film from two years ago. He's a completely different guy. That's what this program does. They develop guys, they bring them in and they, they change them and, um, and make them better. And, and then those guys in their juniors and senior years are, are all Big Ten caliber players and help Iowa lead, lead Iowa to, to good seasons. So I didn't jump in a lot there because, I just kind of got lost in in listening to Kerr Ferentz 
talk about his team. I hope you did as well. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Again, we're going to up the uh, the number of podcasts here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, and be sure to check out HawkeyeNation.com again for our, uh, our new partnership with Sports Illustrated, which won't affect you in any negative way. No paywalls, uh, no change to the forums or the website. You have to go to anything like that. Uh, it just provides us It bolsters our content and our group uh, just a little bit more. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Go Hawks.